I think it's interesting that in the church today, so many of us ask, why is prayer necessary? And we don't ask it, but we really don't show with our lives that prayer is necessary. And so we show with our lives that we're asking, why is prayer necessary? You know why I think we ask that question? Because you don't need prayer when you're watching TV. We don't need prayer when we're mindlessly surfing the internet. You don't need prayer then. You don't need prayer when there's nothing at stake in your walk with Christ. You don't need prayer when there's no risk in Christianity. You don't need prayer when Christianity consists of a monotonous religious motion of routine week in and week out. You don't need prayer for that. You can do that on your own. But when you risk everything to glorify Jesus Christ, you need prayer. When you sacrifice your possessions and your dreams and your hopes and your career and you lay it all on the line and you stake your reputation down on your allegiance to Christ, you need prayer. When your longing day in and day out is to lead people to faith in Christ, you need prayer. You rely on prayer. You are desperate for prayer because you're devoted to his mission. And when the aim of your life is to affect as many people with the gospel of Christ for the glory of Christ, you will find yourself given over to prayer. Prayer is not always an easy thing. But that's where we come to today in the Sermon on the Mount. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 6. When I was a little boy growing up, going to, to church outside of the Atlanta area, you know, we didn't, we didn't have children's church. I don't know that it had been invented yet, but we didn't have that. You remember those days? Come on, you remember them? Yeah, a lot of us do. We remember that when the children sat through the entire service, and so, you know, I, I grew up in, in that generation, and uh, I remember uh, sitting there and working through those worship services, and they were, they were great and really good. I got some fond memories of that as a, as a boy, as a six or seven-year-old. But there was one man who would be called on to pray every now and then, like, like twice a year. And I will never forget him. His name was Frank Ford. And he was a very nice guy, very genuine, very loving guy. And every now and then, he would be down to, to lead prayer. And so he would stand up in front of our church that numbered somewhere in the neighborhood of, of, of four to 500 people and in a very monotone and slow tempo rhythm he would pray and pray and pray and just when you thought he was done he would pray and pray some more and to a kid, it was like an eternity to sit and, and listen through, through this, this man's prayers. But he was very genuine. Like I said, he was, a, he was a very, very sweet, loving individual. 
But you know, prayer is something for the Christian that is sort of, or should be anyway, should be our bread and butter, should it not? I mean, that's, that's the go-to. That's what we do. We are, the, we are the people of prayer. But I'm going to suggest that it is not, it's, prayer is not always easy, right? I mean, have you ever started to pray and then just all of a sudden don't really know what to pray for? Or you get in a routine where it's like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to pray. I don't really know what I'm doing. I just sort of pray. And there, there, there's different reasons, you know. Uh, and, and I've said and I've shared with you, especially as we've been going through our Psalms class, that there are times when it is very difficult to pray. You know, a few years back when I lost my brother, uh, there were times where it was so hard for me to pray. There were days where the only thing that I could muster was, God, please give me the strength to get through another day. And that was all that I could pray. I couldn't pray for anybody. I couldn't even pray for my family. I couldn't pray for my parents. That was all that I could get out was, God, just, just give me the strength for today. Okay, and there are, there are times like that where it is difficult to pray. Okay, and, and those are, are somewhat understandable. But then there are other times where I think, and I know I have done this, and, and you may have as well, where it is, it is sort of like we begin praying and it just sort of, we begin to pray selfishly. God, I need this and I want that. And if you'll just do this for me, then I'll do that and give me this and bless me with that. And Lord, I need this and, you know, all those things. And we sort of, if we're not careful, we can sort of render God down into sort of a, a genie. Where if, if we get the right combination of words, okay, and we get the right actions down that God will just magically grant us whatever we want. Or he becomes sort of like the Santa Claus God. This God that we present our wish list to. You ever had one of those, a wish list you took before God? And we just give it to him expecting him to just, to just answer everything. Or, or, or you present God with like your list of demands. Like he owes us something. You know, I appreciate whoever it was that said earlier that, that you know, God does bless us, but he doesn't owe us those things but if we're if we're not careful our prayers can become so inwardly focused that we we don't get a lot out of it. that it it becomes just about uh, has anybody ever been there besides me if you've been there that kind of prayer before maybe you're there right now just yeah, I mean just yeah good I'm glad we've all been there we have all felt that you know and I, I think that Jesus knew that prayer was going to be something that we struggle with. Because he gave us a model for prayer. I mean, he knew that prayer was going to be a struggle. I mean, the last night of Jesus' life, when he's fixing to be betrayed, all he asks of his followers was what? Stay awake and pray. And they didn't do it. They could, and, and these are like Jesus' closest friends. These are the people that hung out with Jesus and traveled with Jesus. I mean, they, they could high-five Jesus, okay? And they had trouble praying. 2,000 years later, that, that struggle is, is still going on for some of us because it's not always easy to pray. And I think that's why when we come to, to chapter 6, right here, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us a model. He gives us this model for, for how to pray. But before the prayer, he, he, deals with <clears throat> he deals with some other stuff. 
the other stuff. And it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's matters of the heart. So let's start reading together in Matthew 6. Let's just start in verse 1, and we'll read down to about verse 8. <clears throat> Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, don't sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, don't stand like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corner so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and, and shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So right here, before He gives us this, this model of how to pray, He is dealing with heart issues. And as we've seen, as we move throughout this Sermon on the Mount, that's what He's dealing with. Okay, He's dealing with our motives. Okay, Not to be like a glory hog, a glory hound. Don't let people know what you're doing. Like when you give, you know, there are so many people in the world, and there's some great philanthropists of the world, but you know, we, a lot of times we know who they are, okay? Jesus is saying, look, when you do those kinds of things, when, it, when it's talking about your piety, that's talking about your devotion. When you're living out your religion, okay, you don't do it so everybody else will see you. Now then, should they see you and should they find out about it, that's, that's one thing, okay? And that honors God. That's what Jesus was talking about in, in Matthew 5, around 14 and 15. Okay, but when we do these things, when we go out and we serve in the community and we go out and we do these things, it's not so people will pat us on the back and say, man, you are so great. You know, you mean you, you gave your money to help that call? Yeah, that's what, that's what I did. Guess what I did? You know, you see, and, and Jesus is attacking the motives of the heart. When we serve, when we pray, when we give, if we're doing it so that people will notice us, we're doing it with the wrong motive. Does that make sense? Okay, now here's the thing. Now Jesus, I mean, it, it's great how he says this because people do that, people that, and I'm, I'll confess, I've been guilty of this before. When people do things like this in order to receive praise from, from men and women, okay, what is it they really want? Praise from men and women. And Jesus says, look, if that's your motive, that's great. You can have that. You'll get that. But it's not going to count for much else. Okay? And so what Jesus is saying is when you do these things, when you give, when you pray, when you serve, when you lead worship, whatever it might be, it's not about you. It's about God receiving the glory. If it's about you, you're going to be rewarded, but you're going to get a reward that's going to fade in just a few days. It's not gonna. It's not gonna last long, okay. But God, if it's done to God, you know, God sees the heart. He sees the motive, and, and, and He remembers these things. And so this is what He is 
dealing with. And it's once he, he deals with that stuff, he moves to the prayer. Look at, uh, look at verse 9. And he says, pray in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's a passage of Scripture that just about everybody's familiar with. Okay? We've probably prayed it as a child. We've read it. You know, we, may have, we, may, we may say that with our families. Um, people that, that are not familiar with, with church, or at least don't attend church regularly, can probably put together a few lines of that, that prayer because it is so well known. And I think Jesus gave us this prayer because he knew that there were going to be days when we struggle in prayer. Where we are going to be tempted to make it all about us and all about our needs and everything that we need. Okay, it's all about me and I need this and I got to do that and God, this person did that to me and attack that person, all that. It's all about me. And I think Jesus knew that we have a tendency to do that. So he says, okay, look, when you're doing these things, when you're doing your service, when you're giving all that, this is not about you. It's about God. And when you pray, pray like this. Pray in, in, in this way. And he gives us another model. You know, for, for several weeks now, we've been looking at the Psalms and we've been looking at how those can can give us some language for prayer. Jesus does the same thing right here in the Sermon on the Mount. He helps to provide us language. He helps to provide us with a, with a framework for prayer. And as we, as we look at this prayer in the different verses, I think there's five different things that, that we can learn from it. And it's not that we have to pray this prayer exactly like this, although you can, and there's a lot of benefit from that. Uh, as a matter of fact, at the... Um, you know, I, I coach Jackson's soccer team, and at the end of the games, the two teams meet in the middle of the field for a, a huddle after the good games, and, and you know, they, they ask us to pray, and uh, several times at the end of those games, what was prayed was the Lord's Prayer. You know, and I was amazed at how many children knew that prayer, that they had been taught that in their, in their homes or, or in their churches, and it was just really encouraging to hear them. And we can pray that prayer that way, or we can look at the structure that Jesus provides, and, and we can pray in this way. And I think it's very important, and it's, it's this model that Jesus gives us that keeps us from being always focused on ourselves. He sort of gives us a, a template, uh, a framework in which to go about our prayers. And so as we, we look at this, we see that there are, are five things that we can learn from the Jesus prayer. The first thing that we learn in the Jesus prayer is we learn not only is God to be honored and revered, but that He is our, our Father who loves us dearly. And you think, well, that, you know, that sounds so simple. And, and yeah, it is true, but it seems like sometimes we, we forget this. Okay, When we come to God in prayer, 
How many times do we start in, hey, God, and we just start letting God have it? This is what I need, okay? But Jesus is saying, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, say it with me, uh, our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy, set apart, sanctified. You see, and that's what we have to remember. That when we pray, it's not like, you know, it's not like the genie in the sky. It's not like, you know, Santa Claus. It's not like the big daddy warbucks up there and we're the spoiled kids and we just demand everything we want and God just gives it to us. When we come before God, we are to remember that God is God. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. He is holy and, and set apart. It was God that, that spoke spoke the world into existence. He called life out of the earth. He breathed the breath of life into us. He sent His Son to die for us. And so when we approach God, there's a, there's a reverence that should be there. A holiness that this is God. And that's where we begin. And this is what Jesus is saying. When we begin in prayer... The first thought, the first address is the holiness of God. And not only is, is He God, not only, he's not, just, he's not just the supreme deity, but He is God our Father. You know, and that invites us to approach, that invites us to, to draw near. And, and he's our father, which means he, he loves us as his children. In fact, Jesus says that, that the father gives good gifts to his children. The father loves us. And so, while, yes, he is to be holy and, and revered, we don't have to fear coming before God because he is our, our father. Paul talks about that we've, we've been adopted by God and, and we receive sonship and, and daughtership and so we can call out abba father that's not just like father stern father that's 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 papa that's an intimacy that god wants to share with you and with me and so when we pray we have that intimacy with god our father and so that's the first thing that we learn that that god is this this holy and and set apart being but at the same time we are invited to approach Him as our Father, our loving Father who cares for us and, and longs to, to be in a, in a deep and meaningful relationship with us. Well, the second thing. In the Jesus prayer, we learn to ask God's kingdom to become fully present on earth as it is in heaven. And we've said this a, a, a number of times that when you look around, there are places where we see the kingdom of God has broken in, yes or no? Okay? I mean, we're evidence of it right here. The fact that this body is gathered means the kingdom of God has, has broken in here. But also, when you look around at the things that are going on in our world, the evil that is out there, then you realize that there are places where the kingdom of God has not been able to break in fully yet 
Okay, and so when Jesus says that we are to pray like this, where we are to pray, your will be done, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the reason why Jesus wants us to pray that way is because there are some places where the kingdom of God is not. There is just evil. There is just darkness. Okay, and so he's saying, look, pray for God's kingdom to become present, to become full, to manifest itself. When he says that we are to pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, that means that there are places on the earth where the will of God is not being accomplished. That's why he told us to pray this way. You see, and this is what this prayer teaches us. You see, and if we are the followers of Christ, if we are his disciples, that means we have a participatory role in that advancement of the kingdom, does it not? I mean, we are his agents. We are his people. We are the, the hands and, and feet of Jesus. That means our role in the kingdom is to help advance the kingdom. Our job is to help bring reconciliation. Our job is to help bring healing. And so when we look around and we see where someone forgives another person, where someone is able to love and to, to let go of their hate, when we see a, a cup of cold water given to someone in the name of Jesus Christ, we see the kingdom breaking out there. Our job is to participate in that. Okay, The kingdom is not just happening in this building and buildings like this throughout the world. Okay? Because there is evil that is reigning. Okay? There are two kingdoms that are, that are battling for one another. Uh, battling for the souls of men and women. And our job is not to, to sit and be neutral. In fact, we can't be neutral. Jesus says that. With me or against me. There's no, there's no sitting this out. You, you, you pick a side by not picking a side. Okay? When we pray this prayer, when we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are saying I will participate in the advancement of the kingdom. So we have to make sure that if we are going to pray this prayer, we're going to do what we're asking. We're going to participate. It's not like, hey God, do this and I don't have to do anything. It means we participate in that advancing of the kingdom. Third thing. In the Jesus prayer, we learn to pray not only for our needs, but we should be reminded of the daily needs of, of others around us. How many of us have plans in June? Raise your hand. If you have plans, if you have a trip, if you have something to do, how many of us, how many of us have plans in June or, or throughout the summer? Okay. That's not very far from now, is it? No? You know, there's nothing wrong with planning. But in this, in this, this prayer, Jesus is reminding us that, you know, we really need to take life one day at a time. You remember that song, One Day at a Time, Sweet Jesus? How much easier would life be if we really just slowed down and took it one day at a time? Have you ever had something planned and it not go the way you planned it? 
Like you were going to do something the next day and then something came up that night and you couldn't do what you had planned the next day? Because plans change. Okay? Life changes. The book of James says, look, you can say you're going here and there and next week we'll do this and next year we'll do that. He says, what is your life? Your life is just a vapor. It's going to appear for a little bit and it's going to be gone. Instead, you ought to say, if God wills it, we'll do this or, or that. In the Jesus prayer, he is saying, look, it's about focusing on our daily needs. God, I need my needs for today. Thankful for the bread, for the shelter, for the clothing, for the job, or, or, or whatever it might be. And, 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 you know, focusing on those things that God has given us. There's a, there's a holiness to that because we're recognizing that God has provided for another day yeah, but along with that is we're, we're thinking about and thanking God and asking God for our daily needs it should also be a reminder to us that there are people out there whose daily needs are not being met you see and it's there where the kingdom has not broken in where hunger reigns the kingdom of God has not broken in which means if we are kingdom people, our job is to help advance the kingdom in that way. Our job, our role is to help meet needs. That's exactly what Jesus did, is it not? When he came across a need, he didn't say, wait a minute, we're in the middle of a church service, we'll get to that later. He stopped the church service right there and he healed people. He didn't let his piety his religion his devotion he didn't let that get away get in the way of meeting people's needs you know and, and and here's the thing needs needs will always trump law does that make sense jesus did that all the time he trumped law all the time in order to meet someone's needs to make sure they got what they need to make sure they were to make sure they were taken care of. Fourthly, in the Jesus prayer, we learn to forgive those who have wronged us. And in doing so, we are able to receive forgiveness for ourselves. Now this one's tricky. Because forgiveness is not an easy thing ever. Okay? Has anybody ever just relished the idea or wanting to forgive i mean we all want to we may want to forgive but there's nothing easy about forgiving somebody that has done us wrong right and everybody more than likely has somebody in their life or some group whoever it might be everybody has somebody or something that has been done wrong to them right When Jesus is saying that we are to pray, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors, he's reminding us that there is a, a divine exchange that takes place. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if you drop down to immediately after the prayer, that's the first thing Jesus talks about in verse 14 when he's, where he says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, 
And there it is right there. If you do not forgive. Let me say that one more time. If you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Does anybody want to stand before God with sins of others that you have not forgiven? Now then, I'm sure, and I've said this before, I feel like probably just about everybody will go before God with some sin, unconfessed, that we didn't know about. But to go stand before God, willingly, having chosen not to forgive. I wouldn't want to do that. There's that divine exchange that takes place. There's, there's forgiveness there, but right here, Jesus says it's, it's, it's conditional. If you want forgiveness, you must forgive. That means letting go of the grudge. That means letting go of the anger, letting go of the hatred, and forgiving. might mean you need to have a conversation with someone. It doesn't mean that you wait for them to make the first move. If you have something against a brother or sister or whoever it might be, go, forgive, be reconciled. Jesus just talked about all this stuff last week as we, we looked at the, the antithesis of chapter 5. Jesus calls us to forgiveness. He calls us to, to reconciliation. And then finally, in the Jesus prayer, we learn to ask for God's divine help during the trials and the temptations that we face each day. Uh, it's no secret that every one of us, we face trials and we face temptations and struggles every single day. Okay, Chances are good you may have already faced some of those this morning. Okay, uh, If not, chances are good they're going to be waiting for you as soon as you go out the door. Okay, and there's an opportunity for you to give in to that temptation, whatever it might be. It might be to give in to the temptation of anger. Okay, it might be that you give in, like you, you choose to forgive somebody. Okay, and then you forgive them, and then the next time you see them, you choose to get back mad at them. You choose to get back into that, that old way. Okay, in this, Jesus is asking us to, to, to ask God to be with us as we go through these things, to help us out in these situations. You know, the book of James, again, says that, that God does not tempt us. Okay, God does not tempt us. But it's here where we're calling on that divine help, that divine protection to help us out during those times, during those attacks from Satan. And so we see as we, we look at this prayer, Jesus gives us a framework for how we can approach it, how we, we are to pray. And it starts with, keeping and remembering that God is, he's not, just, he's not just Big Daddy up in the sky who's waiting to dole out everything just because we're spoiled little brats. But he is a holy God. He is creator God. But he is also God, our loving Father. Okay? It's about participating in the advancement of the kingdom of heaven. It's about remembering and asking 
for our daily needs and being mindful of the needs of others. It's about forgiving. It's about trusting God through temptation. And so that leads us to our, to our growth point of the morning. And it's this. Praying as Jesus taught us is to approach our holy, loving Father for our daily needs and forgiveness. It is to look beyond ourselves to the needs of others. You see, it's when we pray in, in this way, and I think we can see it, when we pray this way, it helps to protect us from becoming selfish in prayer. Does that, does that make sense? It helps keep us focus on the things that, that Jesus wanted us to focus on. And so as you go to, to frame your prayers, you can sort of think of it this way, and you can pray with you know, addressing God and kind of moving through these things. Instead of just pre presenting our, our wish list of things that we think we need before God, if we want to improve our prayer life, Jesus presents us with this, with this model. So together, let's read the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And the church said, Amen. Jesus gives us this great model, this great framework for, for how to pray. And like I said, it's, it's not easy to pray because sometimes I just pray and my mind is off in left field. This sort of helps. And, you know, if you've got ADD like, like some of us do, this call us back to focus, you know. And so it's great that, that Jesus has given us this prayer. You know, it's things like this, like, you know, 23rd Psalm and the, and the Lord's Prayer, you know, they can become so worn that we just sort of get used to them, and when that happens, they sort of can sort of lose their meaning. But when we take time to really investigate why it's here and what Jesus wants in this, we realize He's showing us something. He's showing us how to live. He's showing us how to pray and to respond, how to respond to God. And so I don't know how your prayer life is. I don't know if your prayer life is just kind of all over the place as mine has been at times. But Jesus has given us a way. He's given us a way to pray. And, you know, it's also, how many times have you met somebody or run into somebody and, you know, they said, man, please be praying for me, okay? And then you didn't pray for them. You ever done that? I have, okay? Well, usually the best thing to do is to just, if you can, pray right there in that moment for them. That way you don't forget, okay? But sometimes, you know, I just I forget. Okay, I forget. It goes out the window. It goes, you know, just gone. And I forget to pray. All right? And I think that's when, I, when I'm focused on myself is primarily when I do that. All right? Jesus calls us to be people of prayer. Paul says that we are to pray without ceasing. You know, pray to God. We need to be the people of prayer. So I don't know how your, your prayer life is, but we're fixing to... We're fixing to sing a song, and it's in that moment, if you have something that you would like us to pray about, if you have a struggle or if you have a need, we would like the opportunity to pray with you 
And we'd like the opportunity to meet that need if we, if we can do so. But whatever it might be, whatever struggles you might be having, if we can help you in any way, if we can, can join our prayers to you, why don't you come right now as we stand and as we sing, just as I am. Yeah.